This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hiya, I'm Jan and this is Everybody is a Poem. It's a podcast where me and my guests explore all of life's ups and downs and everything in between. It's poetry, but it's not as you know it. It's relatable, it's honest and it's unfiltered. So yes, there will be swearing. And come here, if you'd like to support me further, you can subscribe to Headstuff Plus, where you'll get access to bonus episodes behind the lines. In this special bonus content, I share all of the secrets and the people and the places behind the lines of the poems from my book, What Day Is It? Who Gives a Fuck? So you can join me there. Go to headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register. My guest this week is a poet, a real deal poet. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Denehan, I'm just going to... um, Explain to everybody and explain to you how I met you and the situation of the evening that I met you. Yeah. Um, I wrote a poem in March called The Woman in Me is Exhausted after a particularly horrible episode of feeling absolutely shit. Um, and I put it up on Instagram and Avian Gerhi found it and wanted to include it into her latest collection of poems because uh, she's a big poetry head um, and I was absolutely delighted that it was put into the book because um, it kind of gives you a whole new audience but the night mm. that I met you Stephen was the night of Avine's book launch mm. in Hodges Fidges in town mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you now I didn't want to go to the book no, launch that same night here, yeah. were you the same oh my god yeah oh, I was in the horrors I'd had uh, I'd had a rubbish few days I'd actually launched the first episode of this podcast Okay. And my mom rang me afterwards and gave out to me because of my language. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I felt shit. I felt like a bold 12 year old. You know, the way, like the, the, the two people in your life you expect to always go, that's great, is your parents. <laughs> yeah. And they were after ringing me, telling me, we can't believe your language. Right, like, you so, know. Yeah. So I was just feeling a bit rubbish. Mm. And then I thought, oh, I have to go and do this reading now. And I really don't want to be here. And everyone's going to be booky and poetry and I'm going to feel a bit silly and my mum even thinks I'm crap so what am I doing here? (laughs) So anyway, went along. I'm glad I went along because I met you um, and um, you uh, read the book or read the poem that's included in Avine's book about your dad Mm -hmm. and it was the most gorgeous just the most gore I mean the most the most beautiful gorgeous words anyway but the delivery was so honest and raw and emotional and it was really amazing and that's actually the way it should have been you know um, it, it was the worst it was one of the worst I can't remember a worse evening I, I it was awful oh god no. Stephen I'm so sorry that you felt like that because I ran away after did you? Yeah, yeah and I haven't talked about it since it was a disaster it was uh it was bad okay so <laughs> we were me my a couple of my friends were there so i had to bring a wingman with me because i was feeling so shit i was like right i have to bring richard with me here <laughs> right, because so. you know um we were in the audience listening to you and i can tell you it really wasn't it was it was delivered really truthfully so really please please don't feel like that was a disaster that night I promise you it wasn't 
And yeah. I think I said it at the night, you you know, you write these words and you put them down and you write about a really kind of intimate you know part of your life or your family life or an experience or whatever and you put it down there and usually it feels really good to get it down and then mm. sometimes when you go and read it back it can still you know kind of get all that emotion and everything yeah, out there it's true I mean when I wrote it um, I think I said to you or I don't know if I said it to you but I definitely said it to everyone at the start because I kind of had a feeling it was going to go horribly um, <clears throat> but when I did write it it was probably two years ago or three maybe and dad was just getting going with dementia and the poem is about remembering so it was about his fading memories and trying to hold on to them or whatever all that kind of stuff but I wrote it quick and it was I just write about what's going on in my head at the time Sure. so I, it was only 10 minutes it took to write I put it away never read it again and then um that was it. I, I I can read poems generally, at least they're coherent. But when I read it that night, I had practiced it a couple of days before and I couldn't get through it at all mm. because dad, since I had written it, his dementia has obviously progressed. Has it? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's there's no comeback from that, really. So he's he's kind of he's not fantastic at the moment. And that particular time he was in a ups and downs but he was in a bit of a down okay. so that evening <laughs> I hadn't I'd been practicing it for for a couple of days and I couldn't get through it but I thought I was sure that on front of everyone in front of everyone I could and it'd be all right yeah and then <laughs> I had uh it's a minute and a half to read the poem and it it was like a a two-hour emotional breakdown on the stage and I just wanted to run away and I did run away after but I and I, I came outside and I just said my wife and daughter were there and I mm. just said look I'm so sorry and then we just never talked about it again and I haven't talked about it until now oh uh, my god are you alright talking to me about it no it's cool like but because yeah. distance you know time and distance is, is but I just I, I, I don't like attention and at the best of times and then you're standing there falling apart and there's loads of people you don't know looking at you and you're just going just just I just want to go away and that's what I did <laughs> where did you go afterwards you, you thought it was alright we went to um we we came out into the street and it was just even to get cold air and we, I was just all over the place. So we just we went for something to eat because we were, that was our plan. Yeah. That night going to sleep, I was thinking about it, and then the next few days it was in my head, and then it just it's gone away. Yeah. But it wasn't a good uh, yeah. evening for me. I I wouldn't really be a much of a reader anyway. I'm not a great. You, you, you're really really good. I mean, in fact, everybody's really really good at reading poetry except for me. I just don't seem to. Uh, I love writing it. I don't really like reading it, you know. Mm. But anyway, it's over. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think as well, you're probably being a bit hard on yourself. People stood up from their seats after you read. And like, I think people really appreciated the vulnerability there. <laughs> like, it's not easy to get up and become emotional. Do you know what I mean? About no. about yeah. real words, about a real experience and about a yeah. real person in your life. Mm. And so I think... I think don't really don't undermine that. I think it was brilliant. It was oh, absolutely thank you. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you came on after and saved the day. Then you just got everybody back to to normal, and and your poem was lovely. And and people, oh, thanks. People were able to kind of relax <laughs> when they listen to you. Yours is relatable, easy, nice. You know, just beautiful stuff coming. Yeah, there's no kind of uh, the audience wasn't afraid. 
<laughs> you know, you you were just yeah. you you were brilliant. So yeah, yeah. it was. Handy. Well, you were a hard act to follow. Honestly, I think you know, like you were writing about your dad. Obviously, it was very mm. personal. And the other reason that I kind of I was like, oh my god, he's amazing. <laughs> so. <laughs> And I was really happy, actually, that you said you'd come on and do the podcast with me because I thought, oh, you know, if if because I did speak to you a little bit afterwards before you ran away. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just thought, you know, maybe he won't want to come on the podcast. Maybe, maybe you know, kind of like speaking publicly like that just isn't where, you know, Stephen would like to be or whatever. But, yeah. So I feel really happy that you feel comfortable enough to come and you can talk today. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. It's just the two of us. Perfect, yeah. you know, if there yeah. was an audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I know you said... You want me to read a poem, maybe? Mm. And if you still want, I, I promise not to fall apart. <laughs> I, I can do it. <laughs> it's something I can do. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, let's let's fight. Let's definitely do that. I think that would be really great. <laughs> do you mind telling me a little bit about your dad? Uh, no, no, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a great lad. He's, he's, um, he's 85. Mm. Uh, he is, he's just a, a really nice man. He's, He's sharp. He's funny. He would have been one of these. Um, he's a very odd person. Uh, he would say that himself. Um, and so it's very easy to write about him. Because okay. I've tons of stuff about that because he says crazy things. He he has a very odd outlook on things. He's he's um, he's just a very unique person. Uh, since this dementia thing has come along, I see less and less of him in the yeah. sense that he's not really fully dad. You know? Sure. Yeah. And then our conversations are kind of very repetitive. And but every so often, you know, for some reason, I don't know how it works. He just uh, becomes dad again for a yeah. few minutes. It's and it's great. Like, but yeah. No, he, he grew up not a million miles from here, North Strand. Um, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I don't. He didn't even really want kids. I don't think he. Um, okay. It was mom who was kind of more, you know, pushing the kids thing. And then it, that wasn't working. And I know you're adopted too, but. Mom came to dad and said, listen, hey, what about adoption? Dad said, nah, like, it's just too many forms. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Typical man. My said, husband's the same here, right? Phil Daddo. Yeah, it's yeah. a killer. The forms are bad. Yeah. But uh, uh, so mom said, well, look, how about I fill out the forms? And he goes, yeah, OK, I'm on board. <laughs> so that's Brilliant. how it all happened. You know, it's worked out. It's worked out well, you know. Yeah. Um, I have lovely childhood, lovely parents. The Did you grow up around North Strand yourself then? or No, no Santry. Uh, oh, Santry, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stadium, okay. yeah, 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 up, yeah. Up there, which is a great place to grow up. The, we grew up in a, a small estate, Santry Close, and uh, Santry Stadium across the road, loads of fields, loads of pink ink ponds and whatnot all over. It's brilliant. Mm. Airport, you know, I used to love the airplanes, you'd see them. Yeah, Have you, your brothers and sisters? My sister Roseanne, um, adopted too, yeah. Yeah. Um, she'd be younger, you know, uh, yeah. and not my like a, a biological sister or whatever, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, just two of us, yeah. 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 Where was your mum? Uh, Dundrum. Dundrum. Oh, Ballantyre. God. Jesus. Yeah. It was a bit of a crossing the divide at that stage. Yeah, yeah, bit of a yeah. social. It uh, was in those <laughs> days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I always say that, actually, because my husband's from Port Marnock and um, oh, yeah. so all of my aunties and everything would be like, ooh, he's from Port Marnock, ooh, <laughs> and I was that. dating him first. Really? Do you know what I mean? You yeah. from Talon, him from Port Marnock, yeah, ooh. Yeah. When yeah. I started writing the poems, um, the, the publishers were like, oh, can you give us a short bio? And I went, oh, I'll do a bio through the medium of 
poetry and I got <laughs> to one, two, three, four, five, eight lines. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'll just do a normal bio. Big bio, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to read this one to you. But uh, this is the original bio. This is the this was the beginning of the bio. And I was Lovely. like, I actually can't get any further. Yeah. Um, so it's a real short one. Here we go. Dublin, December 1975, after nine months of hiding and secrets and lies. My introduction to life. This is never again to be spoken. Another baby of sorts lies in a bed broken. So I wrote that about being an adopted person. That's and brilliant. Would you not continue that? That's a that's that's a brilliant start. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't like, yeah, I, I kind of those lines was enough in a way. And I thought, oh, that's just enough. I don't know if I can kind of go through my whole life through the medium of poetry. But um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm adopted. And then in, in the poem that you read, you yeah. spoke about how you know, you were adopted as well. So I was kind yeah. of interested to kind of chat to you about that because you write poems and I write poems. So like, yeah. it's a bit mad. Like I know loads of creative people who are adopted people. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to, I don't know if you've heard it, there's a podcast called The Last Request on uh, BBC Sounds. They talk, they, they have got like a psychologist on who has experience in dealing with adopted people. And I think she mm. is one herself. And she could really relate to the idea of as an adopted person being see me look at me here I am I'm here like the kind of performance kind of element of creativity or the putting something down and showing it back to other people and I suppose I just I'm always interested to know kind of what was your experience with it was it ever anything that was an issue for you I mean my I'll tell you mine first yeah my parents always told me from the time I was little that I was adopted yeah so it was never it was never a secret or it was never a There's shock no to bombshell me or nobody yeah. in the schoolyard told me yeah. they're adopted like you know what I mean yeah. it was something that I was always aware of I don't ever remember it being a problem and when I in later life it was never anything that you know sometimes you'd kind of go oh imagine you know on your birthday oh someone's probably thinking of me now you know when you're a kid but then yeah. it never was a big part in my kind of my emotional makeup. Hmm. I certainly didn't feel like I didn't belong, put it that way. But as I as I got older and then when I had my own kids and when I became pregnant with my daughter, I did go, do you know what? Maybe it might be worth trying to find out who I am oh, or yeah. where I'm from. Wow. So, you know, when you go to doctors and they say, do you have any medical records? Yeah. And you go, Nope. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, any history yeah. of blah, blah, blah in the family? Yeah. Nope. No. So, <laughs> and then when you become pregnant, that question feels all the mm. more important. Yeah. So I decided I'd try and find out who my birth mother was. Mm-hmm. And I subsequently found her and met her. And uh, she's lovely and she's deadly. Brilliant. And she was very young. And that's when I talk in that those lines about another child in a bed. She was only a child when she had me, essentially. And she was told, you know, it was never to be discussed again. OK. And I don't believe it was ever discussed again. But yeah, so I mean, like my kind of experience and story with it has been really, I mean, positive in a way. It hasn't caused me any emotional kind of disruption. Yeah. My own mom was very open to me meeting my birth mother she sent me off with a letter to my birth mother today that I met her I don't know what was in that letter but like Jesus like you know what a Mm. woman yeah brilliant how did you find her 
Oh, through all the usual tussle, it takes Fair three enough. years, load it, shite, fill now form shit. Do you know what I mean? And is that how long, like, was it that? Yeah, it took that long, yeah. I mean, I was actually pregnant with my second child before they kind of came back to me. So they put me on a wait list. So it took three years to be on the wait list. And then they got back to me. And then I wrote to her for about six months and I was pregnant with my second child. And just before I was due to have him, I actually rang the social worker in Tusla and said, look, I'm not going to be writing any more letters because my life's about to get really fucking busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have two kids under whatever age, blah, blah, blah. I'm just letting you know if, she would like to meet I'm totally up for meeting and if she doesn't want it that's grand as well Mm. and she said yeah I'd love to meet you and it kind of unfolded from there and I have a relationship with her now my mum is my mum like and my dad is my dad yeah she's an important part of my life and I have two sisters which and I always make the the air quotes when I say sisters because there was only ever me and my brother Right. And I would have killed to have a sister growing up, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but it just feels so weird to get to, you know, like you're kind of late 30s and fine, you've got two sisters. You're yeah. like, oh my God, but they're yeah. gorgeous and gorgeous people. And I, you know, it worked out really well. Everybody welcomed me. Brilliant. I, they were welcomed into our family. And um, Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of been my experience. Mine would be nearly mirrored that exactly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except I got lucky um, in the sense that I didn't have to wait for a long time. There was, I don't know if you remember. The forms that they asked everyone to fill out. Yeah. Yeah, That went into every letterbox in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that came in to me and like you, and I think it's definitely the way to go for anybody who's ever adopting a kid is to just make it part of their, you know, mind as soon as possible. It's not something that should be dropped on them at 15, 18, whatever. Yeah. Or at least in my experience, because I, again, like you, always knew. And there was never any sort of big, massive boom. It was just, that's me. That's, I came from this. That's fine. And everything was good. And like I say, lovely childhood, lovely parents and everything was grand. Funny, I never, I never, ever thought. I never kind of had a dreamy kind of, I wonder who's out there or what are they doing or are they this and that or on my birthday I would never think Mm. funny it sounds it sounds awful uh, really I suppose or heartless but I never considered that I was I I knew I was adopted but I never thought of the people who adopted me or gave me up so um, and I'm putting it down to the fact that I was just so blissfully happy anyway Yeah. I never kind of was thinking well it was the grass greener because I was just happy Yeah. Um, but my parents would be constantly reminding me listen there's somebody out there thinking of you and I'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be off to something else. Yeah. And it, that was going on all the time. And then these forms came along and I yeah. I had no, again, like you, you know, my life was good. I didn't sort of feel the need to bring something else into it that maybe could have disrupted things. It was just going well. Yeah. So I just thought, that I, I, put, I put the form in the bin, you know, immediately yeah. and uh, didn't even consider it. Like, And uh, so he and my wife took it out of the bin and she put it on the, where we'd go out, there was a table at the front door and she'd put it on that table. Yeah. I said, hey, what's what's going on here? And she said, oh, no, you should think about it, you know? Yeah. So then mom and dad got my case and they were everybody and it was, but I, I still didn't want to, you know, I just had no interest. And time passed, I'd say months passed and this form was still kicking around and eventually I, I was worn down. I filled it out, sent it in and about 10 seconds later, there was a match. Somebody out there had filled in the form Wow. And, and it, yeah, yeah. So 
that was that was the beginning then. So very shortly after that, there was letters like you, then an exchange of photographs. Mm. And it was the photograph exchange that I found very strange because, again, I never considered the possibility. I looked nothing like mom and dad or my sister. They all looked like each other. Even Roseanne looks like mom and dad. Yeah. And I didn't. I was blonde. They were black haired. You know, yeah. But I still never considered the fact that somebody out there could look like me or I I could look like them. Yeah. So then these photos came. It was my, my birth mother. She was the person who filled out the form. So these photos came in and uh, I could see myself in her and that was weird. And that was the first time I kind of thought, you know, there's somebody out there with my makeup. It's really odd. And then quite quickly after that, we met in Cunev and just not too far from here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then it's I discovered there was uh, she had three girls, no other boys. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, yeah, she had three girls um, and they're really nice. They're lovely. I know them well. And then that was it. it. It just kind of life found its new rhythm and it was it was OK. Uh, it was good. And then it was there was no real details on my birth father. I didn't really mind about that. I knew his name and I knew I think before I was born. No, not long after I was born, he went to Canada to live. OK, so that was fine. So about three or four years ago, uh, Emer again <laughs> was saying here, would you not just, you know, See if you can find out a little bit about him, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, uh, I didn't have much interest. But again, she said, Asher, look, you know, send him an email or something. You know, I'm sure he's easy to find. But he wasn't really because he had a kind of a generic name, you know? Okay. And uh, there's a hundred million, you know, these guys. Yeah. So I couldn't really narrow him down. But um, not long after that, uh, he died. Uh, oh. Yeah. And so my birth mother uh, told me and I went again just out of interest see if you know what became of him and you know did he have any children or any family or whatever and uh, so I went on to RIP.ie you know there he was and at the end it just said um, inqui- something like uh, inquiries to and there was an email address okay and I thought that was a bit odd you know um, because I'd never seen that in any of these obituaries you know yeah 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 but Amor said hey it's a sign send an email you know just to say, look, just if anybody's wondering, I'm okay. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. things have been good. And I hope, you know, he had a good ta- a good life and he was a happy person. So I did that. And it turned out that uh, they had left the email address there for the reason of hoping that I would see it and get in touch. Wow. That was the only reason it was there, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was cool. So I ended up, um, I, I know now his uh, siblings. He never married. He had no, no more children. But... um. I know, you know, his his brothers and sisters and yeah. uh, we exchange emails, we meet, you know, here and there. And it's yeah. very nice. Like, so, yeah, it was lovely. It, it all worked. I, I must say very lucky. It yeah. worked out well like you. It's, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. All good. Mm. And so, like, do you think then it's like the, and the reason as well, listening to that other podcast I was talking about this psychologist woman talking about the the kind of expression of an adopted person. Do you th- Did you ever think that that had anything to do with like that writing? It's like, when did you start writing and what compelled you to start writing? And yeah, that's it's a really interesting thing. I, I didn't I would never have any put any correlation between adoption, being adopted and sort of expressing yourself in, in a particular way. Yeah. Um, and I, I know I'll be thinking about it. that's a really interesting thing. But I, I uh I don't know, really, uh, like 
like my parents would have discouraged me massively from writing or painting. I love to you. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I love I love uh, painting. They're, they're my that's that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, this yeah. is your work on the cover then as well. The books. Yeah, of all of them. Yeah, um, which is cool that because my dad actually gets more of a kick out of the paintings than he does out of the poems. Yeah. But um, so it's nice. But yeah, all of that stuff. They it was it was just no. Like it wasn't even a discussion, you know, I wasn't even to the point of allowing I wasn't allowed to choose subjects in school that everything was geared towards me getting a job because they were so worried. Dad, especially uh, Ireland in the 80s was a messy place. It wasn't very kind of economically on its feet. And they just said, look, he has to be give him a stable job, get him, get him going like so. Nothing was, it was knocked back completely. Now, I kept going. I was writing all the way along. Um, I had a fantastic teacher. Like, a lot of people would always look back at one particular teacher. And mine yeah. was a man called On Shanahan. And he he encouraged all of us to, to, to just say, look, you know, and it was a it was a boys' school. And uh, he was able to stand up in front of 11 and 12-year-old boys and talk about, you know, poetry and, and, and songs and and art and stuff and not one of the, the, the he would never have got a snigger it was just everybody was totally on board we had a lovely class so he kind of gave me a, a bit of a, a run there with the writing and then <clears throat> I kept going uh, all the way along you know in, in secret nearly <laughs> sometimes yeah. because it was just not <laughs> encouraged at all at home so were you working or, like did you oh, yeah, what did was, you work as then what was the I was well, I did a few oh, jobs Um I was working at, do you remember Roach's stores actually that was my yeah, first job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Henry Street <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. then uh, I went to uh, an insurance company yeah and started in the post room yeah and working my way through customer service type places and yeah went, ended up in IT and uh, I got this brilliant job Jan I left it I left the IT and I was on good money at that time like and uh, I I, I, I got I <laughs> I thought I'd get another job and I didn't. Yeah. And I was out of work for a year and then I got this great job. I was a corporate detective, right? What? And yeah, it's brilliant. It's like a private detective except for you invest, you're invest. you hired by companies um, to investigate false accident claims. And oh my God. It's just like you have gadgets and you're going along in disguises and it's unbelievable. It's brilliant. Ah, stop. <clears throat> oh, it's the best job I ever had. Now, it didn't pay. You know, it was only, I think it was nearly exactly half what I was earning. But the, the job was great and I, you're paid to look at people to exact to, to kind of you're paid to people watch yeah, yeah it's just the best and people are mad so you're just seeing all these just really odd people oh doing God, really odd things it was brilliant yeah and um, <clears throat> so I was at that for a while and then uh, again writing all the time but then Robin uh, our little girl came along and we always said if possible if we ever did have children if we could do it that one of us would stay at home and if Robin had arrived a couple of years earlier, it probably would have been Emer. But yeah. but because my wages had dropped to half what they were, I actually left the job and became a stay-at-home oh, dad. Did you? I wrote a few screenplays, you know, yeah. uh, again for no reason. And then uh, a friend of mine said she entered into the there's a BBC writers' room or some sort of competition at BBC. Tens of thousands of people entered this thing, but I sent in one of them, and uh, it got to the read stage, which I think was the last six or something like that. Wow! So that kind of, I just thought, I'm obviously not that bad at. Yeah, at this. you're good. Like yeah. So um, so I wrote a couple more screenplays, and then Robin started napping less, <laughs> so the poems are small, so I can write them in. 
bits, yes. you know, and it's, yeah, it only yeah, yeah. takes 10 minutes. Like, yeah. you can lash out a poem quick. Yeah. So that's where the poems came. So then these poems came along. I wasn't submitting them anywhere. And then Emer has said, listen, you may as well do something with them if you can. And I was thinking, look, I don't know anything about poetry and I don't know. I don't know any of the technical side of it. And I don't know any of the I wouldn't even know where to start, you know. Yeah. So I sent eventually a, again. Now war, when, sorry, down. when was this, Stephen? Like how About long four ago? Four or five years ago. OK, maybe, you know? right. So I sent I, I, I sent a, I went on to Google and I said, where do you submit poetry or yeah. something like that? And the first yeah. thing that popped up was some okay. it was um, it was in America somewhere. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I wasn't it wasn't a big shot place. It was just the first thing on Google. But, uh, anyway, I submitted five poems and I said to him, right, look, I've done it. And that's it now. And then they sent back a thing a couple of months later and said, we're going to publish one of these. And wow. I thought, well, that's cool. That's super yeah. cool. And I never thought I'd get a kick out of it, actually. But then I did and it was online and I was kind of, you know, I got some nice messages and I was just like, this is really nice. Like, yeah. That people are reading the poem. That somebody would read something you've written is mad. Yeah. Like, life time is so precious. And yeah. that they would even think, well, I'm going to read this. Even if it takes a minute, it's still a minute. I mean, yeah. Why yeah. waste a minute? On, but they did. And it's yeah. cool. So, yeah, yeah, so I kept going. And so is that what you're doing now? You're just writing all the time. Mm. You're putting the work out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And it feels good to get it out there. And it feels like that's really. God, you've really hit a nerve with me there. It does it mean so much that someone will actually take the time to read it, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. And what then for them even saying? to take the time then to get back to you and say. Yeah. Oh, I read that. It's great. Yeah, like it is crazy. just gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing because yeah, I've noticed since I I I, I don't know if it's a if it's a midlife type situation, but yeah. I've noticed since I've hit hit around forty, time is just so finite. I didn't mm. really think you're you're always thinking, yeah, no, time's gonna run out eventually. But I'm really feeling it. Time is moving, and it's very precious. It's a gift. It like is. I say that, you know. Yeah. And, it's incredible yeah, yeah. You, you must feel that too like like f- by the fact that you've only really started as well and then mm. you've got a book mm. and this, and people can buy this book and read it and you could like my dream is to be on a train and somebody to be holding you know what I mean something ah, like, stop. Just like yeah wouldn't moly. that be amazing something like yeah. that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the idea that somebody and, and like as well the print kind of thing I love because it's permanent there's loads of stuff published online of my own as well. Like, yeah. But I've kind of eased off over the last while submitting to online only places because loads of places that I've submitted to and the poems were there. Now they're gone. And yeah. I love the idea that in 20 years time, somebody in Oklahoma will find an old dog-eared book behind the couch of their dad when they're clearing out his house and they pick it up and they, they kind of flip through the pages. That, that idea is amazing to yeah. me. Whereas online it's not going to happen necessarily yeah. maybe it will but yeah. but that I love the permanence of, of a printed thing and, and your book actually your book is really um, the style of it and the feel of it is, is really nicely produced and just to have it in your hand to be able yeah, to hold it Yeah we did it. like I, I did all that as well did you, you know, know like yeah. yeah they're all my little drawings and stuff oh, and I saw like that we, yeah, yeah we did you know like even the way the U was kind of imprinted and stuff and it like you know we spent time on Wow. It'd be great for it to be this size. Yeah. Never haven't made a book before. Do you know? I was like, oh, can we try this and can we do that? But and like, they were the open to all your... were amazing. Yeah, they That's were absolutely brilliant. amazing. And we turned that around. Apparently, normally it takes like six months yeah. to get a book 
we did it in six weeks or something like that. No. Yeah. But they kind of had to act, I suppose, because the initial poems were lockdown related. It made sense for it to come out sooner rather than later. Yeah. Do you remember that ad, the Golden Pages ad, the J.R. Hartley ad? Do you remember that from the telly years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'll be me like, you know, hello and that'll be you as well. (laughs) Hello, I'm looking for a book. Yeah. Yeah. The streets like flowers come alive in the rain. Yes. Yes, we have it. What's your name? (laughs) Steve Dunham. Oh, no. It's tragic, Um, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I know what you mean. Like it's lovely or you know you'd love to go it'd be amazing to go into like a library or something and see your books sitting there oh, in the library and all wouldn't yeah, it yeah oh, it would be brilliant oh it would be amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. do you love it do you love writing you love it oh I love it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah do you yeah yeah I mean I do yeah I mean I like talking <laughs> <laughs> talking's good like the way I write is very like you were saying like you know it's the way I speak <laughs> yeah and that's what you um, want though because then you get yeah. a feel for the person because yeah. the person comes through really really strong and in fact I, I when you asked me to do the podcast, I was thinking my initial reaction to everything is no, because I'm just, I, I just, I, I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. But, but, you know, I'm trying to be kind of, and that's what I said to Avian. Yeah. When she asked me, yeah. I said, look, I would always say no to this. I didn't know what it was really going to be, but I said, I'm going to say yes, because I'm trying to do that, you know? Yeah. So I said, when you sent me the thing and then I read, I ordered your book immediately and then read it and then I knew you were then I was relaxed. I'll be grand. Yeah, because yeah. you're in the book. It's you. Yeah. And that's... I do say it's a bit like an, it's an autobiography. It's my life. Yeah, but that's what, that's what <laughs> you want though. Do you know? Yeah. You know, I was reading some of the... Uh, in fact, just last week I read uh, the book that we're, we're in, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there's some of the kind of all-time classic type poems in it, like, but they didn't really mean anything to me. I just couldn't feel the person in them. And that seems yeah. to be all I want. When I read yeah. a poem, I need to feel some connection to the people or the person behind the poem. I cannot, I cannot read a poem. I just can't read a poem and, and, and know that it's technically fantastic, but have no feel for, for the person behind, behind it. it. I, there's actually the first thing I did when I saw the book, I wanted to check where I was in the contents because yeah. there's big shots in it and it goes something like uh, Seamus Heaney, William Shakespeare, Steve Denham. Ah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, You're kidding. Oh, it's brilliant. So I read well, it. I, did you, I got a bit of kudos from my daughter as well, my 13-year-old yeah. daughter in the, when <clears> like <throat> when you look it up on the, you know, online or whatever and it has, you know, a collection of poetry from some greats, a bit like that, WB8, Emily Bronte yeah. and Jan Brereton and Willow was like, bloody hell, ma'am. It's like, real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's I was happening. like, yes. Yeah. But I read the William Shakespeare. Yeah. And <clears throat> nothing. Like, yeah. And, you know, it's just technically, you know, some very snazzy sort. But what's, who, you know, I couldn't care about it. But it, reading it, I need to feel some reaction. I have to have some connection to the person behind the poem. And if I don't, I'm gone. Yeah. I cannot. I cannot. It, it drives me bananas. You yeah. Know? So I don't read a lot of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, I never read poetry either. You know, like apart from in school, mm. you know, like you'd be in school and it was that soundings book or whatever and there'd be loads of poems mm. in it and things. And then what had happened would be they go today, we're going to read this poem and you'd read the poem and then they'd then they'd break it down for you. And then you'd in your pencil write in between exactly what it meant. Yeah. It was like a fucking translation. Yeah, what's the point? And I kind of think if you have to do that, I mean, that's probably yeah. why I wasn't, you know, I, when people say to me, oh, were you always into poetry? It was like... No, and we'd spoken about this before. Like I never went to college, mm. so I would never have taught myself as an academic person. No, yeah, same, yeah. And poetry to me was an academic yeah. kind of medium. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. 
the uncomfortableness I spoke about there, maybe about going to that book launch. It was like, fuck, there's going to be booky people here. And, yeah. oh, what will, and, and, and actually, when I when I wrote the book first, I remember kind of saying, what will the real poets think? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, will I be in trouble now? Will they all be going off oh, for fuck's sake? You know, but I just yeah. kind of think, do you know what? You know, these are these are like pop songs, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. the other stuff is symphonies. But yeah, I always say it's a bit like they're like pop songs, you know, they're short, they're sweet. They're about really simple things. And I use very simple language to explain them. There's no you don't need to take the pencil and write in between the lines no. what it is that I'm trying but that's, to say. I, I really strongly feel that that's that's the art. Yeah. Is to is to say, like everybody can have a thesaurus and and, and go through it and 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 look for seventy words for great or you know yeah and then <clears throat> you write a, a sonnet about how flowers are nice but we know flowers are nice it, it's to yeah it's real people yeah where's talking the about person re- yeah you're right you know, yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to know the realness yeah. and the rawness and all of that stuff is massively important and if somebody instead of using the perfect word that may be a simple word. They go out of their way to use a much more complicated word just to be la di da, and it, you lose the sense of the person, and and also the, the 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 content of the poem suffers because the message isn't direct. It's yeah. not coming from me to you or you to me anymore. It's you have to go round about and think, well, what's he really? And then you're losing everything, and yeah. it, rhythm and melody is gone. It's I, I don't know. I, I feel really strongly that. And when you say yours are pop songs and the others are symphonies, I don't think the others are symphonies at all. In oh. fact, <laughs> if anything, I would swap it around because yeah. a symphony is is to give you emotion. If you listen to a symphony, it's designed at its best to make you feel something. And those poems do not make me feel me personally. Anyway, I'm you know not talking for everyone, but they don't make me feel anything. So I wouldn't call them symphonies oh. in the slightest. Yeah. Whereas when I read your poems or read poems written by, you know, real people, direct poems that have proper emotion in them, they're symphonies to me because they make me feel things, mm. you know, and that's massive. That's mm. everything, you know. I never thought <coughs> that I'd be able to have a conversation about Woe Tree like this. Me neither. Yeah, it's You cool. know, so yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Yeah, you're going to have to read me one of yours now. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Did um, you... I did. I brought. Did you yeah. come prepared? Right. So yeah, this is uh, this is called a rainy evening in October. Okay. All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, unusually for you, you were quiet. Didn't say a word. I said a few things, not much. Told you that the house looked well, though it was strange to see the gates closed. Caught you up with family news, the local goings on, nothings and more nothings. My daughter took over then. The little girl who, on the drive over, had been worried unsure of what to say. She told you about her new teacher, how it, is, how it is so important for everyone to wash their hands and to use sanitizer afterwards, how she loves football now and how her teeth aren't growing quite as quickly as expected. It was a strange visit, different to those before and honestly, I'm not sure if we will come again. I'm not sure if you would want us to. As we were leaving, the rain was falling hard, though it was not cold and the cemetery gate creaked loudly behind us. Ta-da! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Who were you visiting there? Uh, an aunt of mine, actually, uh, from Eden Dairy. We moved to Kildare. Uh, we used to visit her. She's a cousin, actually, but we called her Auntie Rita, and she died maybe two years ago or something like that. So it was actually Halloween that Robin okay. and I visited her to go to a cemetery on, on Halloween. I think it was the 30th of October or something like that yeah. just for the spookiness you know Yeah. and uh, we went to see her grave I don't think Robin had even ever seen a grave before so yeah. Um, and that was it we stood over and talked to her and that's what the poem is yeah yeah that's gorgeous yeah thanks <laughs> thank you 
Podcast Studios is the home of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's where lots of our shows are recorded, and we work on editing, promotion, videos, live shows, and lots more. As a podcast production company with three state-of-the-art studios for audio and video in Dublin city centre, we can work with you to tell great stories in a professional and engaging way. From government organisations to charities, arts groups to international brands, entrepreneurs to hobbyists, we've worked with everybody and we can help you to get the word out. Whether you need studio time, you're hosting a live stream or webinar, or you need support with editing or marketing, we can tailor a package for you. For more info, head to thepodcaststudios.ie. I've been very lucky with the people who've published my the books so far. There's Virgil from Falpox and Betsy from Golden Antelope and James from Cajun Mud Press and River from Potter's Grove Press. But I, I submitted a book there uh, last year to um, a place in England uh, just to try a little bit closer to home. I have no luck with Irish publishers but it's so but I don't I believe like I don't know but I believe the whole poetry kind of thing here is limited enough even in terms of who'll who'll even look at poetry with a view to publishing yeah. poetry I think it's yeah. pretty difficult yeah it is yeah. yeah um there is a book uh coming out next March uh by uh through R- uh, Renard Press the editor is a super fella uh, Will Dady and uh, he he I submitted last year and he got back to me this year and he just said I'm all, all all on board for this so that's coming out in March and uh, what about you have you got are you going for a, a sequel yeah, I'd love to but um, it's that difficult second album kind of thing but <laughs> I suppose this year um, I kind of came into it saying do you know what uh, I'm going to do more live stuff I'm going to focus on the performance wow. because um, because they're short poems and people you can kind of get a little bit more of the mischief in them out there when you're reading them to people yeah, and that kind of true. thing I did that so I did something every kind of month this year that was performance related, whether it was a festival or a live event or wow. a TV reading or TV? something. Yeah. Wow. So like, so do you know what I do? I, I've been on the six o'clock show about two or three times this year and I was no just way. saying to them, they're like my top of the pops. Like, because I was like, what other fucking television program could you go on and read a poem? Like, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Like true, there actually yeah. isn't another Irish television program that you could do, That's you know? Yeah. Like, um, obviously I'd love to go on the Late Late Show, but I, you know, I'm not there yet and I curse too much. So like, <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah so even just doing things like that so that was this year to kind of focus on the performance and then from the performance has come the podcast so like you know what they're it's a grand. hell of a lot yeah I mean I've enough I've enough poems for another one of them little books you know yeah sort of relatively short time, short time. what you've done I is, know it's, it's brilliant I know it? Yeah, must it be delighted is deadly. Right? oh it's, it's brilliant like and like I say I never set out to do it and uh, yeah. you know like you have Emer and she's amazing she's really supportive and I have Austin and uh I just kind of go ahead and just do things and never ask anybody's opinion. He just quietly stands back and lets me at it. And he's just right. amazing. I'm really yeah. grateful for his, you know, silence sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, come here, look, before I wrap it up, if I were to write a poem about you today, what might be the theme or the title or the subject matter? Oh, um, I haven't a clue, Jan. Jeez. I'd write something about just big open kind of love there's you're just <laughs> I can see you're just radiating you're such a giving person and like I'm only getting to know you well that sounds like a good poem yeah I'll take that poem yeah, yeah. thank just you giving and sharing <laughs> like sharing I think is what you do um, and you do it yeah. with emotion <laughs> people who listen to the podcast aren't necessarily all poetry heads but 
uh, if my book has made you kind of think about poetry and look at it in a different way, then you need to try and check out Stephen's work. So Stephen Denehan. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Anytime. We'll yeah, do it again. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Anytime all right. at all. Yeah. Thanks very much, Jen. Cheers, <laughs> Stephen. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See, we're not really strangers, are we? I'd love to hear any of your thoughts. You'll find me on Instagram at JB Good to Me. If you've got any funny poems that you want to share with me, I'd love to hear them as well. Join me in a fortnight for the next episode. And come here, in the meantime, you can support me by becoming a member of Headstuff Plus, where you'll be able to access some bonus content. It's called Behind the Lines, where I let you into all the secrets and the people and the places behind the lines of the poems from my little yellow book. Go on, I know you want it. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.